Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Bumblebee in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. It's a new Transformers movie. Everyone is excited. It's going to make all the money, and... Okay, so Bumblebee is a new Transformers movie, but it's not like the rest of them. One, Transformers isn't in the title. Two, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. And that is very different. That is a distinct departure from the traditional Transformers movies that we're used to. Uh, It takes us all the way back to the 80s and shows us Bumblebee, who we did, who we, you know, we see in all the future transform, quote-unquote future Transformer movies. And that leads to uh, how Bumblebee came to Earth. He was the first Transformer on Earth. How he uh, lost his voice, what he sounded like before he lost his voice, and kind of just developed into easily the most distinguishable Transformer in the franchise. And the track record here is real bad. Uh, it's it's really bad. You know, I Transformers The Last Night came out a year ago. I gave it a 3. Uh, Transformers Age of Extinction came out in 2014. I gave it a 7. Transformers Dark of the Moon came out in 2017. I gave it a 14. Uh, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen uh, is in like the 30s and the first Transformers which entering my viewing of Bumblebee was still the benchmark best Transformers movie with a whopping 53 Um, yeah the bar is low the bar is low so what, what does that mean for Bumblebee uh, I, I again, I, I haven't like I normally do. Didn't watch any of the promotional material for it. I didn't know. I, I knew obviously from the title, and I knew Haley Steinfeld Steinfield was in it, uh, but I don't know what. I didn't know what it was going to be about, other than Bumpy, and it turns out that it's largely just a kind of rehashing of the Iron Giant in a way. You have a foreign piece of technology on Earth discovered by a kid who grows attached to this thing that other people are trying to exploit or destroy or um, reveal to, to the known world. And that's fine. I, I mean, as a, pro- as a plot, it's not the most original thing in the world, but it is far more relatable and understandable and easy to connect with than any of the other Transformers plots, in my opinion. The other thing is that it's really not a Transformers movie. At the core of it, it it barely deals with the Transformers in themselves. Bumblebee is likely the only one uh, that, that... or not likely, but is 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 mostly the only one that's ever seen in the movie. Uh, we get a couple of glimpses of of Optimus Prime, 
mostly through a hologram, but one or once or twice in further flashbacks, uh, and and some time on uh, Cybertron. But in the uh, other than that, you know, it's about Bumblebee and Haley Steinfeld's character connecting her dealing with um, being a kid who's doesn't have the best life at home, who struggles to make ends meet, and whose family is not perfect. And these are all very relatable things that a lot of people can can connect to. And Haley Steinfeld is amazing. She's great, as she always is. And she is the linchpin of this whole movie. And you get this connection between her and Bumblebee that is genuine and unique and you know it's it's hero and and baymax almost it's just fun and enjoyable it's really really enjoyable it was a lot of fun i i really enjoyed bumblebee i was surprised beside myself about it you know it's not the most original movie in the world it's some, but it's got it's it's heads and shoulders better than the rest of the Transformers franchise. The action is you can discern who's fighting in the action sequences that involve multiple big giant metal creatures. It's uh, you know it, it really is kind of a. I don't know, it's a step in the, a huge step in the right direction for the franchise, which is mind-blowing. This is a franchise that has had, you know, critical failure after critical failure time and time and time and time again, and, but because they kept making all this money, either domestic or overseas, they kept getting sequels. People kept making more of them, and... You know, even to the point where when Last Night came out a year ago, there were a lot of people who, a lot of podcasts I listened to that just ignored it completely because it got like a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes because it was the fifth film in the franchise that no one wanted and so on and so on and so on. And now we have Bumblebee, which doesn't require you to see any of the other Transformers movies. Maybe the first one would add context, but even that is completely unnecessary, which is perfect. And thankfully, they removed the Transformers title. It wasn't Transformers colon Bumblebee. It wasn't anything like that. It doesn't, even the title doesn't make you think you need to watch any other movies before you see this one. It's adequately written, where the rest are all just piles of garbage. And. It's not trying to, like, you know, there's no weird um, sort of shoehorned in origin to something like Merlin, like The Last Night had, or I don't know, whatever else these, these things have tried to do. It's not perfect. It, it's, it's not great, even. But... When the standards are so low for your franchise, it's it, it, it. Sometimes you get a movie that clears those those hurdles 
with plenty of room to spare. And I think that's just exactly what Bumblebee did. It took incredibly low expectations and managed managed to uh, surpass them. So beyond that, so as I meant, so the plot, if you've seen Iron Giant, if you've seen you know Big Hero Six, to further kind of expand upon that, uh, you've got Haley Steinfeld and Bumblebee who meet back in the late set, late late eighties. And he comes to her in the form of the yellow, a yellow bug, yellow beetle, VW bug. And they become, you know, good friends. She ultimately discovers who, what, that the car is a transformer and not that she knows what a transformer is. And she grows, develops a relationship with him because she doesn't have friends really outside of him. She has a job where people make fun of her and tease her. She uh, is just um, not, I don't know, she, she's, she's got a chip on her shoulder about, about the world and, and her family and her friends and everything kind of agitates her until Bumblebee enters the picture and then she starts to mellow out and she starts to find happiness in the world and friendship and, and caring and, and joy. And it's, it's surprising, you know. It's, it's really genuine, though. And perhaps uh, my least favorite part but one that I, I think has to be in, and it's not that it's a bad part, it's just least favorite, is the things that are outside of Haley Steinfeld's world. You know, the 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 overarching, you know, main narrative with Bumblebee is mm, fine. Fine. Absolutely fine. I think that the the pursuit of the Decepticons is that the actual pursuit from them is fine some of the aspects around them their interactions with john cena with john ortiz kind of liked some of that you know john cena not asked to do a lot in this movie but he's given some pretty killer zingers and uh jokes to be had uh i i really thought he managed to pull those off without uh, seeming like he was trying to be the rock and and really like steal the movie out from underneath itself, which I agree with. I think it isn't his movie. It's Haley Steinfeld's movie. It's Bumblebee's movie. He is in it. He is a role in it. He does a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you know, he is facilitating the plot more than he is leading the movie. And I think he understood that role, and he, he fell into that perfectly. Uh, you've got... I mentioned there's a couple scenes on Cybertron. And there's, it's only two or three scenes, and they're all short, uh, mostly to serve and facilitate how a movie... Or, how Bumblebee gets to Earth, why he gets to Earth, his purpose on Earth, how people find him once they, uh, how people figure out where he is. But even those, like all of that was actually interesting. I actually wanted to see more, in a sense. It wasn't, 
not at the expense of 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 Haley Stein of Haley Steinfeld, but at, at the expense of you know a sequel that does what Dark of the Moon did. Of course, I think Travis Knight really figured out how to put together a, a Transformers movie using Transformers that felt human. And none of the other movies, certainly not Michael Bay, ever managed to do that. It was just good. Uh, so it's got a really high rating. I think the low the low standards are are inflating some of the reviews and, and aggregate sites, uh, but. You know, a 3.5 on Letterboxd is a little high. Uh, I think my rating is going to be a 3 stars uh, or something in the 60s. I haven't done it yet. I'm a little behind. Um, but you can look at uh, Rotten Tomatoes. You can look at IMDb. And both of them are, you know, far higher than, like, Rotten Tomato score, 96%. IMDb doesn't have one yet. It's not technically out, but 23 reviews, only one rotten one. That's kind of insane for a Transformers movie. It just, it does things right. And we've been looking for that for, I don't know, if you're a fan of Transformers, I never was. I, it wasn't something I was a fan of or experienced as a kid. But if, if you're into this franchise, if you have a connection to these characters these names you know optimus prime bumblebee and so on uh, there's the sense that you know you've been waiting for a movie featuring these characters that's actually good and bumblebee just managed to do that it, it somehow tied in these enormous metal dudes and made them realistic made them human it gave them a personality beyond i do the good thing i do the bad thing which as far as i was concerned was literally all that mattered for the other movies they're either a good guy or a bad guy and oftentimes they had some sort of racial uh, stereotype thrown into them to make them distinguishable from the rest of them and this doesn't do anything of that. The, there's two Decepticons that come to Earth in pursuit of Bumblebee. Uh, you've got, I believe it's Shatter, voiced by Angela Bassett, and Justin Thoreau voicing Dropkick. And they feel like real characters, even. Like, they're not given a ton of time to do stuff, but you get from both of them actual personalities of... Angela Bassett's the one in charge. Justin Thoreau is a little bit hot under the collar. He really wants to... He doesn't want to take the time to, like, go about doing this the, the, the simplest way. He just wants to blow stuff up and, and, and just find Bumblebee. And, like, if he has to destroy the whole world to do it, that's fine. Angela Bassett's like, hold on a second. Like, let's do this smart. Let's, you know, we don't need any more road bumps than necessary and you know their dynamic cre is created in a way that comes across relatable 
the way that they interact with John Cena, with John Ortiz, with the military that they're involved with is fun. Is fun. You've got... Um, oh, uh, Pamela Adlon as Haley Steinfeld's mother, who was great. You know, they're going through, you know, Haley Steinfeld's dad dies before the movie starts. And part of it is her finding, filling that hole that he left. And discovering, you know, how much things have changed and how much they don't need to change because he's gone. And you can see how Pamela Adlon, her mom, has reacted to this loss a lot differently than Haley Steinfeld has. And for her, the wound is still fresh. And whether or not it still is for her mom, she doesn't see that. It just, I don't know, it's just a, it harkens back to kids' movies from decades ago that Maybe they didn't have the best writing, and maybe they didn't have, you know, the most complicated plots, and maybe they were simple and straightforward, but they were sweet and endearing and charming, and at the end of the day, that mattered more. That mattered more. And Bumblebee has that. Bumblebee is sweet and charming and endearing. You know, it will appeal to kids who are young enough to give the, have that experience for the first time or to older people who remember having those experiences when they watched movies like The Iron Giant or, um, I don't know. I didn't grow up in the 80s, so I don't know what the movies were, but, like, that's... Those are the connections it creates. Travis Knight, uh, who directed Bumblebee, was also the director of Kubo and the Two Strings, uh, which I loved, and I think he did if, you know, for... I wouldn't have envied and you know wanted to be the person to come into this incredibly dead franchise, but man, he killed it. Uh, screenwriter Christina Hodson. This is the third film of hers I've seen, and I'll be honest, her track record is is pretty awful. She wrote 2016's Shut In, uh, starring Naomi Watts, that was real bad. Uh, she wrote last year's Unforgettable that was also absolute garbage. And she just, I don't know, she she was she was able to put Haley Steinfeld, what's her character's name? Um, Charlie. She was able to give Charlie the kind of personality that feels... I don't know, she she made her damaged, but without seeming broken. She was 
there, there's a scene very early on in the movie uh, on her birthday, Charlie's birthday, where she's given a book that says, uh, basically, the short of it is that the book in, implies how smiling uh, is a tool you can use to improve everything about your life. That was That's the gist of it. And in that one scene, from from Charlie's point of view, from her mom, her her mom's boyfriend, that, just that entire exchange and sequence, you know, Bumblebee hasn't even entered the picture yet from for her life, and it just it perfectly encapsul- encapsulated who Charlie is and what she's like, and it endears you to her. But it also endears you to her family, and it, it. But it creates this obvious tension between the two sides, without demonizing either of them. You know, like you're obviously on Charlie's side in this situation, but you're still endeared to her parents, or her mom, and and her mom's boyfriend. I know it was. I I really enjoyed her writing in this. She is tasked with writing. The Birds of Prey movie. She's a screenwriter on that, coming 2020. She's also the screenwriter on Batgirl, or at least one of them. I don't know if she's the only writer on either of these movies. Uh, apparently, according to Letterboxd, she is. So that gives me great hope. Uh, obviously, Shut In and Unbreakable, or uh, an Unstoppable, not not the best uh, first features for for a writer. In my opinion, but neither of those were big blockbusters, and Bumblebee was, and Christina Hansen did an incredible job. Everyone did. The effects in this movie are are better than any of the other Transformers movies. Uh, it, it just it looked so much more real. It had a more rustic and fittingly 80s look to some of these movies, some of these Transformers and Decepticons. And, you know, when when Haley Steinfeld is, like, you know, interacting with Bumblebee, when, when Bumblebee is interacting with things around him, it didn't feel like a giant CGI monster just traipsing through a green screen room. It felt, it looked real. It felt authentic. I, I don't know. I, I can't fe- I don't know that I can feel or, or convey any more shock and surprise at, at the strength and quality of this movie. It's not gonna make my top 10. It's it's hardly I don't know, might not even make top I don't know 50, maybe not even 75 by the end of the year. but right now, even still, it's it's a hugely enjoyable movie. And I don't know. I recommend it. Don't even think about the rest of the Transformers movies. Go see this one and enjoy it because it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bumblebee. That's... I don't know. That's it. I don't know. Uh, Bumblebee was good. It was good. That's... It still sounds weird coming out of my mouth. I gotta be honest. Bumblebee is good. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, I really do appreciate it. 
And now the outro, courtesy of Meg Berquist. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to listen to more episodes, you can find this podcast at circleoffilm.com or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. If you'd like to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can find him at Circle of Film or contact him through email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash circleoffilm for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you again for listening and have a week. So long, farewell, I'll meet her, say goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she's 